time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum, and this is the Thrivology Podcast, the podcast designed to help you thrive no matter what life is throwing you away. And life seems to be throwing us a lot these days. So much coming at us all at once, and you've got to figure out how to thrive. And so lately, I've been talking about the Thrive Code. And the Thrive Code is a number of pieces of the code, the puzzle you put together in your own life, the code you live out. It's kind of like the computer code that underlies every program you use on any uh, different device that tells what needs to happen in order to get the results you want. So we're creating this code together. The first week, uh, I actually covered it the first week of this month of January, was about challenge and how important challenge is in our life. In fact, it's the word of the year for me. And so how am I moving challenge into my life? And I think there's an orientation piece of how we look at life and go, okay, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be coming at me. How do I deal with that challenge? And the other is to ask the question, how do I challenge myself to be better, to be more than I am, to be more than I am right now, to live into my future self? Then the next week we came back, and that was last week. And we came back and we talked about the second piece of that code. And in that second piece of the code, we were looking at control, as in what can I control? In my own life, what can I control? And if you remember, there are three pieces you can control. You can control your aspirations, your attitude, and your actions. That's it. So now this week, we broaden it out a little bit to community and connection, because those are two pieces that we have to have in order to build a healthy life, in order to have uh, a place around us where we're connected with people and relationships. So let me talk a little bit about why I use the word community, because the word that a lot of people are using these days, I think, is the root of some of our problems in culture, and that is tribe. I noticed this about a decade ago, maybe a little longer than a decade ago, when I would go to uh, meetings with influencers and, and these popular gurus, and they would say, who's your tribe? And I still hear this language all the time. What's my tribe? Here's my tribe believes this. My tribe thinks that. And way back then, I started thinking about that because along the way in my uh, academic career, I studied Scott Peck's idea of community. Community is a much different word than tribe. And I started getting concerned over those years about how we were using this idea of tribe. Because one of the ways that people were talking about the tribe is kind of very exclusionary. My tribe. You know, we, we have this self-identity. And the problem with tribes is they differentiate us from others by the differences, You're different than me, therefore you don't belong in my tribe. It's an exclusionary piece. We do tribe by exclusion. So part of what concerns me about where we are as a culture is we spend so much time with exclusion that we've created these tribes all around us that are so caught up in our tribalism that we can't hear from other groups. And we've lost this sense of community. Our need, though, as humans, is for that community. 
I get the idea of what many of those people were talking about of, you know, who's in my group, who are the people who have similar beliefs than me, and who are the people who are on a similar journey as me. Now, I'm not uh, disunderstanding what they were trying to say as much as I'm concerned about the exclusionary side of that. Because aren't we living that out every day as we're watching communities, as we're watching politics, as we're watching the world on the stage of these disagreements that are basically driving us into these tribes? And so where I am different from you is how I define myself. Humans have a deep need for feeling connected with other humans. It's built into our DNA. There's been a lot of research over the years about our desperate need for this connection. And they've tested out what happens when you don't get the connection you need, especially at a young age, when caregivers aren't able to give the connection that you need about the harm it does to brain development, to emotional development, to emotional well-being, to surviving and even thriving in life. And so we need the connection. And part of what happens as we grow older is that we get to begin to choose our connection points. We choose our friends. We may choose a spouse or significant other. We choose to be in connection with others. When you're young, you don't have much choice about that. A lot of the harm that happens to to very young people uh, who don't have that connection had nothing to do with their choices. It happened to be the family they were born into or the circumstances they were born into that kept them from getting the connection they need. We need that deep-rooted sense of connection. In fact, when we don't get it, the danger of isolation is pretty high. And that's part of what we've been seeing with the pandemic as people were isolated from each other is what began to come from that. For instance, isolation is tied into poor health. Turns out that we need a level of interaction for healthiness, for just for being a healthy person. Also, for people who are isolated, their level of depression and anxiety is higher than those who are in connected places. Those who have that place of community around them, the more isolated, the higher their depression, the higher their anxiety. And here's the bad part. The more depressed and more anxious, the more likely you are to isolate. And so it's a back and forth that begins to be a snowball effect. Also, people who are isolated have poor coping capacities because they're depending only on themselves. They don't have any other outlets for getting help, for reaching out and getting advice or reaching out and getting other resources. They're stuck on only what they themselves can do as a person, and that leads to low coping. And the last thing that I want to highlight, although there are other effects, is hopelessness. Sometimes when we're isolated, we lose our sense of hope of what can come, of what is possible in the future. And so because of that, just that isolation can keep us from seeing a future we want to be a part of. And again, this is part of that snowball effect. If you're hopeless about the future and therefore you reach out to fewer places to be connected, the more hopeless it feels because you don't have what you need as a human in terms of that connection. So there's connection and there's community. Community is a larger grouping of connection. We have a deep need for belonging and for that social place. And you can look around and say, here are my places of community. Maybe it's your neighborhood. 
Maybe there's that community there that when you walk by, you can wave at people, say hi to people. Maybe it's the community of where you go get your coffee or eat on a regular basis, or maybe it's your community where you go to exercise. Maybe it's your community where you go to worship or or other religious or, or ritual experiences, or maybe it's your community of a larger extended family that you're connected to. I mean, there's so many places that we can have that community. But if you happen to notice, most people are drawn to finding places of community. We form associations very quickly when given the opportunity, and we join very quickly uh, because of that need we have. And let me just say for a minute that this has nothing to do with being an introvert or an extrovert. A lot of times people kind of confuse what that is about. Introversion and extroversion are really about where you draw your energy And it's a simple question to ask yourself, what do I do when I'm tired? When I am tired as an introvert, I pull back. I find some quiet place, maybe one or two other people around me. I need to have a lower level of interaction to regain my energy. But on a regular basis, when I'm not tired, it's not about whether I want to be with people or not. Extroversion, on the other hand, People, when they're tired, want to be around other people and kind of draw their energy in. So where do you plug in your battery? Do you plug in your battery with other people to draw their energy? Or do you plug in your battery kind of in the, in the quiet in order to recharge? What we often confuse is whether people are kind of the life of the party, whether they are social or shy. And that's really not what uh, extroversion or introversion is. I know very social introverts and very shy extroverts, but where they naturally draw their energy determines their introversion or extroversion. We all need community. No matter how introverted you are, no matter how extroverted you are, there's a level we need of that community, of feeling, of needing a sense of belonging. And that's also where we draw our connection. So we often have layers of community. You might have a, the, the tightest layer of community is within your immediate family. In fact, when I was writing uh, my uh, online program, Save the Marriage, one of the things I noticed is that community, as Scott Peck talks about it, follows the same path of intimacy for two people. So basically, intimacy is community between two people. And so the whole process of building community is the same process we follow when we're building intimacy with somebody. And so the beginning point may be a significant relationship or a very close friendship or a small family unit. We expand that community out another layer of maybe your larger extended family and then into the area you live and then into the groups of affinity, the things you like to do. Now, notice that a lot of people will say, oh, well, that's you're talking about the tribe thing again, right? You like to do things. Here is the difference between tribe and community. Tribe works by excluding. You are not a part of this. Community allows for inclusion. Come join us. So let's say that I'm a part of a, I don't know, let's say a mountain bike group. We're joining because we enjoy biking together and anybody's welcome to do that. Now, if I happen to decide that you can only be a part of my group if your bike is this color, right, that begins to be a different kind of a setup. I'm going to exclude you because your bike is not the same color as my bike. 
Tribes tend to work by excluding out. Communities may still have a central, we agree on this, but they welcome people to join. Instead of excluding them automatically, they allow for inclusion. Now, you could say that's a slight difference. It's the difference between us getting along as humans and dividing each other up into smaller groups. And what I've noticed is, for the most part, the tribes are rabid about who they keep out. Communities work to bring people in. So if you don't want to be a part of my community, you're choosing not to be a part. It's not me excluding you. Communities offer us a number of things. For instance, communities often give us a place of growth and challenge. Why? Because it may bring people who see things from a different perspective, even if you share a common piece. Maybe I go somewhere and what we do together joins us together as a community, but how they think about something else is a place of growth for me, of challenge. I allow it to grow and challenge me because some of the members are different. If you'll notice, tribes work very hard to be closer and closer connected. In fact, any differences are discouraged. If you have too much of a difference on anything, you might have to be pushed out to another tribe. You might have to form another tribe. And so we begin to watch, at least in politics right now, the tribes begin to divide further because they're working exclusionary. So when we allow communities to allow for diversity, to allow for a wider range of beliefs and understandings, it challenges us to grow and challenges us as humans to see people from a broader perspective. The second thing that community does is it gives support. And this is a central function of most community groups. We support each other. When you look at faith groups, one of the big distinguishing pieces is they often are there to support each other. Sure, they have a common belief, but if they're functioning well as a community, their inclusion of people who want to join, they're allowed in and supported. So when things get tough, we watch this regularly. One of the things that kind of breaks the, the horror of events around the world is how people then move into being a supportive community with each other, maybe with people with whom they would normally not see eye to eye, but they continue as a community to support each other. So where's your community? Where do you need to look at your places of community? Many times as people are building their thriving code, they may recognize that they have lost their sense of community, lost their sense of connection. And so we can start rebuilding that sense of community, that sense of connection intentionally. You'll notice that the whole point of the Thrive Code is to be intentional about how we build the various pieces together. Where's your community? Where do you need to form a closer connection? Where do you need to grow your connections that are already there? Where do you need to be intentional about reaching out and inviting in and and, and adding yourself into other communities? And also, where do you need to begin to be aware of the places that maybe you've allowed the tribal thinking to hold you back? 
Because one of the things I'm clear about is tribal thinking does not lead to us thriving. It does feed our anger. It does feed our disconnection. It does feed our tendency sometimes to make people less than equals with us, less than human with us. Community is the opposite of that, of welcoming people in, of seeing others as being at an equal place as you, of seeing others as being part of your own shared destiny. There was a famous psychiatrist who said that when you really look at it, we as humans are more alike than not. That's community. Where is your community? And where do you need to grow your connection? This is Lee Balkum wishing you the best as you build your thriving code. listening to the Thriveology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thriveology.com or at thriveologymagazine.com. Remember that Thriveology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh-huh.